Welcome in to another week of XFL Weekly. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by my good friend, Zach Cole. Zach, week one for In the Books. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm even better after an exciting week one of XFL football. I think it it put its name back on the map. There was a lot of exciting stuff that happened in week one. Our man, The Rock, lived up to his expectations we set for him. I mean, it was just a good week overall. So I'm happy. I was happy with it. I'm looking forward to another week coming up this week. Yeah, it was a beautiful week one. We had some super close games and one super not close game. Uh, <laughs> but before we jump into those, those recaps, uh, I want to introduce ourselves. We are XFL Weekly where we just kind of get together and chat about all the nonsense that is the XFL weekly. Uh, You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow us on your podcast platforms, uh, listen to us, watch us. You can find us on Twitter at XFL underscore weekly. uh, And I'll post once in a while on Instagram, also at XFL underscore weekly. So that is who we are. And let's get into it. Week one was wild. Uh, we joked about it a little bit last week about The Rock uh, teleporting to every XFL game, each all four kickoff games uh, this past weekend. And I think as soon as we recorded that episode, <laughs> he tweeted he's going to be at everyone. Uh, and he, he sure was. Uh, I think he had plenty of interviews with every town mayor, uh, every town's local news station. And he was there hyping up the XFL. Uh, and it did not. It did not let us down. Uh, we spent a little bit, a little bit hyping up the ex, the return, and it lived up to it. Um, now let's get into week one recaps. Uh, and something to note, Zach. I don't know if you knew this, but every player on the winning team of the every XFL game this season gets an extra thousand dollars to their game checks. Uh, the That's following. awesome. So it's one That's of those so- things where it's like every everything is a little bit more meaningful. Yeah, that's such a great incentive, especially in a league like we kind of lose sight of it when it comes to the NFL or when it comes to these professional leagues, because these guys are making 40, 50, 60 million dollars a year. You know, so a thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket to them. It's literally like us spending 10 bucks at the grocery store. But for these guys that are fighting for a second chance in the league or that are fighting just to make a salary even or stick around in the league, that extra thousand dollars is huge. So it really does it incentivizes playing hard and playing your fullest every time you come out. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of these guys are playing off salaries that uh, the everyday man kind of has. And Mm -hmm. that extra thousand dollars is a true, is a true bonus. Uh, So that's awesome to see. And and it kind of puts a little bit of extra spice uh, into some of these wins, especially some of these last minute ones. Well, Uh, and you know, Kyle, it also kind of, it, it just, it makes the league more exciting overall too. It, it incentivizes the players to play their asses off. It, it in turn then brings in more viewership and, and it's just kind of like a, it's like a cycle almost you, you, you know, you're making, you're putting the money back in to make the money in the long run on, on the rocks behalf. You know, he's, he's Absolutely. incentivizing the wins to incentivize his players to play harder, to get more people to watch, to make more revenue. It's just like this big cycle and it's, it's genius. It really is. It's one of those things like the whole, I guess the whole mantra of the XFL this season is player 54. Uh, The Rock has been constantly saying uh, that he was player 54, the 54th player on an NFL roster, which an NFL roster is 53 players. Mm -hmm. So he was like, I was consistently player 54, consistently just making, just missing those the NFL rosters. 
Mm-hmm. And he's saying that the XFL is pretty much a roster, like rosters of player 54. And for them to not only are they going out there, they're showing off, showcasing their abilities that they still got it, that they can still prove themselves not only in football and professional football, but in the NFL potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they can also win an extra couple thousand dollars for every game that they win. Uh, yeah. and, and you're right. It's like a, it's like a circle of life where they play harder. They get rewarded. The XFL gets rewarded and it just kind of mm-hmm. all rejuvenates. And I think I think it just goes to show really the Rock's leadership overall, too. He's it says something to have. I don't know if we'll call him the commissioner. I know he's the president, but to have a, a commissioner of your league, essentially, that has been there before and has played and has has been in the shoes of the these players that are looking for a second chance at at football life. So it's it's refreshing to see him trying to kind of bring a, a different twist to the game. Um, yeah, and you I know, think that's, his official that's, title is is co owner. Uh, Danny Garcia is the the chairwoman, and I forget who the actual president is. I'm blanking, but yeah, either way, uh, Gary Cardinal. Either way, it's, it's their the three headed monster. They've got it. Yeah. They've players first in this league, and it's incredible to see. And and you almost like Vince McMahon with the WWE. You can see that The Rock just like loves this, and he he wants his hands all over it. Um, it's not the kind of thing where he's just owning it and kind of gaining passive income off of it. He's truly taking a role and shaping it and making it the best league you could possibly make it. And shout out to him, really. It's it's incredible. I think if he didn't have plenty of other obligations that earned him a ton of revenue, uh, I think he'd be out there. I think he'd he'd want to put his own his own put a helmet on, put his own body out there <laughs> uh, for this league. Or if not that, I mean, Roger Goodell better watch his back. Maybe The Rock's making an audition to uh, The Rock for NFL Commission, like 2020 or 2028 Man. or something like that. <laughs> if that happens, we are definitely not getting Jungle Book too. That man's <laughs> going to be way too busy. Yeah, that's okay. I, I think I can live without it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Week one let's recap. Uh, we're going to run through these a little bit quick so we can get into week two. So. First game of week one, first game of the XFL was a doozy. Uh, Vegas Vipers versus the Arlington Renegades. Final score, Renegades came out on top 22 to 20. Uh, in this game, we saw probably the most beautiful thing we could have seen. One of the most beautiful things you could have seen, which is a challenge for an offsides mm. penalty, which in the XFL you can do. You can challenge for a penalty that wasn't called, that was called. Uh, and Rod Woodson basically said, that dude's offsides flag uh he lost it but i love to see it i really just enjoyed seeing him say that's what i'm staking this flag on um at halftime the vipers were up 14 to 3 uh up two scores which in the xfl it it is two scores i know we got those wonky scoring uh but the renegades uh they just had a defensive takeover in the second half and came back and won it uh, so yeah, final score twenty two twenty. Renegades came out on top after kind of being down almost all game, and second half just kind of completely took over. Yeah, it was it was a great first game, and and like you kind of mentioned there, Kyle, it was cool to see some of the new rules highlighted. Um, we'll get into some of the other ones that were highlighted throughout the weekend. We saw with the the finale game of the weekend, we saw all the I'm sorry, the the third game of the weekend, we saw the the comeback and the three point and the the uh, onside kick, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, the second game we're going to talk about was the uh, the Saturday night game was between the Guardians and the Roughnecks, and this was projected to be probably the most lopsided game of the weekend, and it kind of lived up to that. The 
the Roughnecks just obliterated the Vipers. Um, the Vipers are still, I think, kind of trying to find their identity and who they want to be. They bench, benched. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep saying the. It was the Orlando Vipers in the old one, correct? Is that where I'm getting it from? I think uh, they were the L.A. Vipers. Oh, I, I'm just all over the place. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the Roughnecks and the Guardians. Sorry about that. That's uh, the Roughnecks won 33 to 12 in that game. Sorry, Kyle. Thank you for correcting me there. Um, but the uh, the Guardians are just kind of trying to find their their identity a little bit and are uh, they benched Paxton Lynch at halftime. It's it was just kind of a mess for them. But on the other side, the the Roughnecks picked up right where they left off in 2020. They were five and zero coming out of 2020 and. They're 1-0 in 2023 now. So they're legit. Wade Phillips seems to be a great head coach uh, for them. I really like what he's doing. And um, you can see his influence on that defense right off the bat. I mean, there were seven sacks in that game. And um, uh, one dude, Trent Harris, a defensive lineman for for the Roughnecks, actually came away with four sacks in the game. So just remarkable. It was a great game. Um, A a great game to watch from a football perspective, I'll say. It wasn't a great game from from the every fan's perspective, perspective, but it was fun to watch. Um, Wade kind of get back to his winning ways. It was just, it was good overall. So, yeah. Is there anything you liked? Seeing Wade back at the helm uh, was really cool to see. I think Mm -hmm. he's an incredible defensive mind, uh, and he definitely made made his impact in Houston. Um, but yeah, I wanted to highlight again, Trent Harris, four sacks. And I think I read an interview where just a few months ago before the XFL, he was uh, a stockbroker. He was working business in Atlanta. Like he was just, <laughs> he's, he quit, he retired from the NFL and he's just like, ah, I'm done. Found a different job. And then the XFL came around and he was just like, I'm in. So this is one of those guys where that thousand dollar paycheck bonus uh, hits home. Uh, and it's yeah. great to see. But that Definitely. was my only... Only one I wanted to highlight there. Yeah. And then moving into the next game on Sunday, which was the early game on Sunday, we saw probably the most exciting game, I think, uh, outside of some stuff I know you're going to talk about in the last game, Kyle, that just made that next level stuff. But uh, the most exciting football game was the Battle Hawks and the Brahmas. Uh, the Brahmas had a 15-3 to lead all the way down to about a minute and 30 seconds left in the game, and the Battle Hawks came back and won, which is exactly what – you want from from this style of football from who knows maybe just football in general moving forward you know there's nothing worse than watching a game and you see it coming down to the wire and you're like ah this game's over already and um well like we mentioned before with the new rules this that kind of goes out the window you can you can punch essentially nine on the board at any time you know two back-to-back nine point drives that's an 18 point swing like you know, in, in a minute, two minutes worth of time, which is exactly what happened. Um, it wasn't 18 points. It was 12 points. But the Battle Hawks came back uh, and ended up beating the Brahmas in the end, uh, 18 to 15. So, you know, just really kind of cool. We got to see the three-point conversion on display. Um, we got to see the fourth and 15 onside replacement on back play. Back to back. Yeah, just wild, man. Really, really good stuff from this game. And and like I said, it was one of the more exciting games of the weekend. Um, so, and for the Battle Hawks, who are projected to be one of the, one of the higher, the top end teams, um, to to come back and win, that just kind of exhilarating. Great game. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you're down fifteen to three going into the final minute and a half, uh, or like even just a two minute warning, you kind of look at it and you're just like, oh, that's it. Uh, unless you've got Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but yeah. you know AJ McCarron comes along and you get a, a nine point touchdown with the touchdown and the three point conversion, and then you completely skip the offside onside kick and go right for that fourth and fifteen, complete it, score a touchdown, and then 
its game. I, yeah. Beautiful. No, yeah. no better way to showcase that that comeback uh, storyline that the XFL has provided us, or I kind of definitely allowed with those rules. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, the only rule that they need to figure out a solution for is uh, uh, maybe I'm a little Super Bowl bitter, but for a team to just wind the clock down at the end of a game, maybe we got to figure out a way to work around that next. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I like where the XFL's heads at so far. I think if I had to propose a rule, uh, if you intentionally kneel after gaining yardage, um, it's a 10-yard penalty, and you lose two downs. Wow, that's interesting. So, so it forces <laughs> you to run the ball and try, keep trying to move forward at least? Yep, and then the player has to be cut from the the team, and if it's in the Super Bowl, he can't he doesn't get the ring. <laughs> immediately to off the roster. Deported to... <laughs> <laughs> to Puerto Rico has to play across uh, overseas, try to find or start a football league somewhere else. Good luck. Oh, uh, yes. The old Kazakhstan football league. <laughs> oh, what I a beauty. It. All right. All right. Well, go ahead. You can continue on. Get to the important game here. The Sea Dragons and the Defenders. They're all important games. But as we highlighted last week, this was game of the week. And I think it lived up to it. Um, mostly because this game was beautiful. Uh, I just think that the atmosphere that DC provides in that and that soccer stadium is like perfect for what the XFL wants, or at least what I want out of the XFL. Uh, <laughs> because I don't think there's a better sequence that you can get uh, for this league than the defenders' fans trying to recreate. Their uh, their legendary beer snake, the the cups of the empty beers, uh, and then security. All this is all within like the same minute. Now I I got a link to the, like the clip or something, but it, it I had to like send it to Zach. It was beautiful, but <laughs> security to basically destroyed the snake. They said no snake. Snake's not happening this week this season. And in revolt, the defenders fans started throwing lemons from those drinks onto the onto the field. So obviously, out of player safety, uh, because the XFL is player first, and bless them for it, they had to pause the game. They said, "There's too many lemons on this field. We got to stop throwing lemons, and then we can resume the game." <laughs> so they resumed the game after the lemons stop, and immediately the defenders get a pick six. And, and turn the tides at the time pre pre lemon the score was 18 to 8 in favor of the sea dragons pre lemon <laughs> pre lemon now you throw in some lemons on the field and and the defenders take over the game pick six sets up the defense the, the defenders i should say to just take control of the game uh and it was it was beautiful to watch and Oh, it was incredible to see the defenders at the one yard at the goal line force a fumble uh, of uh, Ben DiNucci and, and at the final it was a it was a oh it was lovely forced the turnover forced the fumble and that was game that was the end of the game to end the game on the fumble you see Greg Williams who I completely forgot was the defensive coordinator for this team and he's hyped up and what a game to end. XFL week one on I that was it was just an incredible turn of events uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. think there's ever been a, a better uh momentum swing than lemons on the field <laughs> yeah I I 
I think the main question I have is why were they, from what I saw, they were full lemons, correct? I don't know if you saw the picture of of the uh, uh, the guy at the in the stands carrying around the, the drinks. I don't know what you call them. The the, the person that drink, carries around drinks and you buy the drinks from them. Uh, right, like a like a vendor. Yeah, the vendor, the walk-in vendor. Uh, there was a picture of that guy, and it was just cups, I think, of lemonade uh, with like a Smirnoff thing turned over okay. in them. So it was okay. just it was lemonade with a full lemon in them. <laughs> or at least a half lemon and that's I, where I, all the lemons came from i was lost i was envisioning i hear beer snake i was envisioning like i don't know i, I have bud lights with just full <laughs> lemons in them <laughs> instead of limes like first off it should have been a lime second it should have been a quarter of a lime a quarter of a slice of a lime third i was like it, it just didn't add up and and i think that's what partly added to the beauty of the whole situation was that it was just nonsense <laughs> at that point you're just like did these fans prepare this <laughs> were lemons brought into the game from the outside <laughs> this was planned the whole thing was orchestrated um <laughs> not to get too far away from the, the topic of lemons and everything but uh one one highlight i thought in this game was that we got to see a josh gordon touchdown which was pretty cool yeah it was it was on a scramble and it was a weird little play um but you know it was it was cool. It was a it was a, a flash. Uh, what, what's the word? A blast from the past. So I was I was excited from the to past see that. of a flash. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I saw a stat that in the stupid stat in the seven games of his NFL career that he played in the DMV, basically against Baltimore or Washington, never scored a touchdown. Shows up game one in the first five minutes of the game. He's on the board. A on the board. <laughs> so let's get more. Uh, let's get more Josh Gordon in DC. Um, but either way, more Josh Gordon touchdowns. I love it. All right. So week one recap, kind of spent a little bit of time there, but I'm not too worried. There was a lot of action to cover. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Let's get into let's get into week two, man. Um, let's kick us off. Let's see. We got a Thursday night football game this week. Fired um, up. I, Thursday night football. It's back, baby. Uh, this time it is in Seattle. Uh, so week two. Of the XFL uh, ends with Ben DiNucci, the Sea Dragons, fumbling the ball at the goal line. And he's back for revenge against the St. Louis Battlehawks in Seattle on Thursday night. Uh, the lines are set at minus three in the Sea Dragons' favor. Uh, over under is set at 36 and a half. And money line uh, goes to Sea Dragons. Uh, I mm-hmm. guess the I guess Vegas has them looking to be um, kind of hungry for that win after. Uh, a defeating loss to the lemons last week. <laughs> um, well, I look at this game, Kyle, and one thing that's sticking out to me, uh, just kind of looking at all the games from last week, actually, is that the the over hit pretty. I think on what three three out of the four games here. Um, I'm looking. I'm doing the mental math. I see we have 42 points in the Vipers Renegades game, uh, 45 in the Guardians Roughnecks. Um, 33 in the Battle Hawks and Brahmas game, which kind of gives me pause because the Battle Hawks were one of those two teams, um, and 40 total points in the Sea Dragons and Defenders game. So um, I'm looking at the over under, and it's set at 36. And both the Battle Hawks and the Sea Dragons scored 18 last week. So uh, of course we do 18 and 18. That puts the line right at 36. Um, so. <laughs> I figured you out on that one there, Vegas. Um, but I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the over um, just because I think that uh, uh, one of them, you know, 
two-point conversion, three-point conversion could push that, uh, and and instead of ending up at 18, could end up at 19, maybe 20 points. So I like the over there, and I think I'm going to go with the Sea Dragons. No, I lied. You know what? I'm not going to go against my logic. I'm going to go with the Battle Hawks plus three. I'm going to say that this is a nice and close game again, um, and I think that the uh, the Battle Hawks will keep it close, if not win outright. So um, I like the Battle Hawks plus three in this pick. So you took the Hawks plus three and the uh, the over or the under? The over, over 36. Over? Yep. Yeah. Uh, before we get into these again, I got I just got to brag, humble brag. You got to rub it in. Just had to. I, I was gotta, hoping maybe you to. forgot it. I no, was how could I forget? It's in the show sheet. I can't forget it here. Uh, last week, we made eight picks. Uh, one of us made seven, but eight picks for each of these games for each of the games last week. Um, and I, I came out on top with a seven and one, uh, seven and one record. So I had seven correct, one incorrect. Uh, Arlington, I had Arlington plus three. Uh, they came out plus two. So lost that one. But Zach came out, uh, refused to pick a winner or a side <laughs> in the Defender Sea Dragons. Uh, so he got a push for that, and he came out five, two, and one. So <laughs> take that. Eh, that's all right. I can I can live with that. I, I didn't fall too far behind. I'm in the positive. I every everything is good for me. I'm I'm happy. Either way, week two is here. Zach start kicking us off with the over thirty six and a half and Battle Hawks plus three, and the Battle Hawks Sea Dragons Thursday night matchup. And I'm gonna also take the over. I I just think. I think Seattle's got a really high-powered offense, um, or at least high-paced. I think they're going to score, score, score. Uh, and whether St. Louis keeps up or not, I think that's going to kind of be the deciding factor in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with Battlehawks do not keep up. So I'm going to go with Sea Dragons plus, or yeah, minus three. No, I like that. And I, I was really on the edge uh, between the two. I Kind of teeter totter back and forth a lot, but yeah, I think I I think it's a close game, and I think it could go either way. Um, so I guess we're we're split. Maybe I can pick one back up on you there. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, punk. <laughs> uh, looking at the Saturday game, the sole Saturday game, uh, it is the DC Defenders and the Vegas Vipers. Um, both of which were just want to make sure I'm correct here. Both of which were I'm sorry, no. Uh, the defenders were winners in week one and the Vipers lost to the Renegades uh, in a close one in week one. Um, but both scored points. And I think that that's my key here. Um, again, I'm going to take the over. I'm happy with that. <sighs> now, as far as this line goes, I'd like to point out that it's very possible. We see four quarterbacks play in this game. Um, yeah. And that's just because, I mean, DC came out in the second half and played, they kind of rotated their quarterbacks, not because of poor play, but just I think they like the style of playing two quarterbacks in both mm-hmm. King and Tom. And uh, Vegas benched Lynch, Lynch last week, so it's very possible we see Brett, Brett Hundley as the starting quarterback for this game. Uh, mm-hmm. And if he's not, I think we'll certainly see some of him this week. So right off the bat, four quarterbacks playing in this matchup. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that if nothing else, that just makes this even murkier. Um, I don't really, uh, man, I'm struggling with this pick. Uh, I think I'm just going to uh, hedge my you bet to, with you here. And you I know was going to say, I, I'll take my picks. I'll take my picks for it. And you can ahead, follow man. up with me. 
Okay. I'm taking this. I'm taking defenders plus three. That's uh, what I and, and that's, that's not because I'm a defenders Homer. I, I genuinely think defenders have, have a chance in this. I think their defense is actually pretty solid. Uh, it can hold a close game with the Vipers. Uh, and I think that they can score, uh, maybe not often, but enough to kind of keep a lead, uh, and help their defense out. And I'm also, I guess riding that plus three, I'm taking the under, under 36 and a half. I think it'll be a close kind of low scoring game, uh, which benefits the plus three because it may be even Vipers win by two, Vipers win by one. Uh, I think that plus three is really going to help this out, but I think it's going to be kind of a, a little bit of a low scoring affair. Well, I guess maybe I can get one back on you there. I'm going over. You're going under. Um, but one is all, all it's going to be. I'm going to go with uh, the defenders plus three as well on this game. Um, looking ahead to the next game after that, we have um, two. Let me let me check here. Let me make sure I'm right. <laughs> two losing teams in week one. They both started off 0-1. And we're looking at the Guardians um, and the Brahmas here p- facing off in week two. Uh, they are the Sunday four o'clock game. The over under is set at 38 and a half, which is kind of kind of interesting. It's the second highest over under um, for the weekend. And if I'm looking here, I'm doing the mental math. The Guardians only scored 12 points in, in their first week game. Um, yep. And Kyle, I think you mentioned before uh, Orlando was the ones that, that benched, benched Paxton Lynch. Um, I think you, oh, I think you were again. I had that wrong. Yeah, we are right. You know what? I we're getting I, our <laughs> our vipers and our and our uh, and our guardians. We're getting them mixed up. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, Either the way, guardians yeah. only they only scored twelve. Um, the uh, Brahmas only scored fifteen. So that leaves that leaves a little to be desired um, with the points scored. I, I I think they'll score a couple more points, but I'm still digging the under on this. So I'm going to go under thirty eight and a half. Um, and as far as the uh, the spread goes. I'm going to take the uh, the Brahmas at minus three. I think that's what I feel pretty good with. <sighs> yep, this is a game. I think last week we took the the Sunday day game with the same picks, and we're doing it again. I think <laughs> I think San Antonio kind of has a little bit of an edge on this offense that Orlando Orlando's putting out there. Um, Orlando has a <laughs> a really rough offensive line. And I think they're going to continue to suffer until they figure, figure something out, which they will. Uh, it's just very, there's no, hasn't been any preseason game. This is preseason yeah. for these football teams. Right. Um, so I think Orlando is going to kind of little, take a little bit to take, get things figured out. Uh, well, also I, taking the under there. So I think Brown that's a good point. I think that's a really good point. Kyle is I think that, um, even this week, I think we could still see some weird stuff happen. And for as much as we're trying to use logic and stuff into this, I think that you you mentioned it. It's essentially the preseason for these teams. So I think maybe another week or two, we could see some wacky stuff. And then we're really going to start seeing like the true colors of these teams. And um, I can't believe I got Lynch. In the, why are we getting those two teams mixed <laughs> up? But either Good. way, Hun- Hunley's correct. That I know. But that... <laughs> Couldn't couldn't be further apart. Couldn't be different colors. I mean, just I don't know something about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All um, we got the 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 battle for Texas here. Um, well, oh yeah, two one two, two thirds, thirds two thirds of the battle of Texas. We have the Arlington Renegades and the Houston Roughnecks um, facing off in the Sunday night game, seven o'clock game. Um, so not the usual eight o'clock time, Is but. It uh, 
Is this our game of the week, Zach? I think it has to be. I, I think it has to be. Um, Even though we it has saw the fur- furthest odds, I think it's you know, the highest it's... furthest odds, but the highest over under, which is weird for this roughnecks defense. But I think these two teams kind of showed a little bit of something. It is. It is really interesting. Um, I was kind of taking a look at the odds um, as we were talking here, and and um, I, like I know the roughnecks showed out in week one. Um, but the Renegades played well, and their defense really kind of stepped up. Now, I think it's going to be a matter of whether their defense can keep the keep the Roughnecks out of the end zone, um, whether the Renegades' defense can keep the Roughnecks out of the end zone. So uh, I think that's going to be the, the deciding factor in this game. But I think the over is a little high in this game, to be completely honest with you. Um, I, I know that together they scored a total of 55 points. Now, of course, that's against two different teams. You know, that doesn't that doesn't really yeah. hold true here. Um, but I think that they're both going to probably score somewhere right around 20 points um, in this upcoming week. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to actually take the under on this. Um, am I? Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'm going to go with the under. So under 40 for me. And I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, the Renegades to keep this game close. Four points feels like a lot to me. So um, give me the under, under 40, and give me the Renegades plus four. And this is where we see differently. Uh, I think I think Roughne- I think the Roughnecks have one of the best offenses in this league. Um, they may not be as high-powered as Seattle, but they can score and they will continue to score. Uh, and I think it's kind of like one of those things where it doesn't matter the defense. Uh, they'll figure something out. And for that, I'm taking the over. I think they'll score points. They may even put up 30 themselves. Um, So, I mean, give Renegades 10 points. That's it. Uh, So give me the over. Uh, And because the Renegades, or because the Roughnecks, I think they're just going to continue to be unbeaten. Um, They just looked completely dominant, and it was against a, a weaker Orlando team. but. I I think they I think they stick this one out. I think they win by a touchdown, um, at least four points, um, and I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, but I I think Roughnecks kind of come come away with that that minus four action. I I struggled with this one. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. I I really I I Game don't know what to expect. I I think that this is this is one of those situations where we don't. We don't quite know yet. You know, we need we need yeah. the league to level out a little bit more for us to um, to kind of get a better grasp on it and and to to really know what to expect moving forward. So, um, but you're right; it's the game of the week for a reason, and I'm fired up. I can't wait. If the if the XFL keeps putting these game games of the week uh, game of the weeks on Sunday nights, I'm gonna have to really really reevaluate if um. If I go to work on Mondays, because I'm just going to have to stay up partying, watching all these football games. <laughs> yeah. um, Take that half day Monday morning every single half week. day Monday morning. What's nice, though, is that it's a 7 p.m. night game. So yeah, I can still nice. make it to bed, fall asleep, 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like 10, 1030. <laughs> yeah. that well, you're, not, you're, not, you're not providing me time to party. and That's right. Another XFL week. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, a, a night game, 7 p.m. That's nice. 
It is. It's better than the 8.30 that we see in the NFL, especially when we get hammered with the, the commercial breaks. And it, it just makes for a really, really long night. Um, and usually you're not falling asleep till after 11. So I'm fired up for a 7 o'clock start on Sunday night. Yeah, to be in bed with some football on, nothing better. Yep. Uh, give, me, give me another. I, I really hope that um, – where are they in Houston? I hope Houston has some lemons. I'd love for another <laughs> lemon party. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm excited. For something a little more Texas, like rattlesnakes or something like that. Just well, they gotta be huge. They're probably like like melons. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Everything's bigger in Texas. So, all right, <laughs> see some dudes up there from the top of the stands just launching watermelons like like, donkey kong style throwing throwing the barrels over the head you know (laughs) just watermelons man that (laughs) that'd be a sight let me tell (laughs) you i'm fired up anything goes in the xfl i love it anything goes yeah bring bring your melons bring your melons to the the houston (laughs) roughnecks game you may not be able to throw it onto the field but it'll be a party either way (laughs) <laughs> you know we spoke the rock into existence last week i'm fully expecting watermelons on sunday night at the Houston I, i'm gonna game. my eyes are going to be glued to the tv screen now <laughs> looking for a melon just because it's gonna happen now we talked about the rock melons are happening <laughs> i can't wait i hope so all right so that brings us to our wrap up uh that was xfl week two uh, kind of at a betting glance with a little bit of, of preview mixed in there. Um, truthfully, it's just because this league is young. I haven't, we don't have the slightest idea what the heck's going to happen. Uh, and that's the beauty of it. Um, we could go in next week and there's going to be a whole new lineup of running backs. Who knows? Right. Um, so as the season goes on, we're going to have much more player analysis, much more, hopefully, uh, an understanding of how these offenses are going to run because it's very clear they're still figuring that out too. Um, so we're just here to make our best guesses based on the, the information we have. And it's a beauty. Yeah. I was going to say right now, Kyle, it feels like we're almost just kind of looking at team identity um, and, and kind For of sure. coaching, coaching style. Um, and and we that's all we really have to go off of. Cause you mentioned some teams are playing two quarterbacks. Some teams are benching their starters. Some teams, it's just all over the place right now. So until it levels out in a couple of weeks from now, we're really just kind of trying our best, figuring out, um, you know, making our, I guess, best guess. That's really all, all we can say is the best guess. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, this was XFL Weekly. Uh, before we wrap up here, I want to plug our, our Pick'em game. Uh, the XFL has kind of released their own Pick'em matchups uh, and you can create your own league. Uh, but it, they're re- they're really cool matchups or pickums, I should say, um, because it's not like who's going to win this game. It was I think last week was how many three point conversions are going to be attempted. Mm-hmm. Um, One was find- uh, combined touchdowns between Josh Gordon and Martavis Bryant. Um, one was a uh, an Abram Smith prop, uh, rushing prop. Uh, one was based on Wade Phillips and. And uh, his age, so being the winning coach, would it be over or under, I don't know, 52 or something like that? And if it was over, it was Wade Phillips. And if it was under, it was um, – oh, I'm blanking on who the, who the uh, Guardians head coach is at the moment. But um, you know, it, it's a blast. I, I really – I enjoy doing it. The way they pose the questions too, I'm looking at them right now, is very, very player-focused. So it's not just – well, they're, like, I'm looking at this one. Uh, it's not just um, – 
will this person have over or under four and a half receptions? Uh, it says Sea Dragons wide receiver Jacquard Pearson led the XFL in receptions week one. Uh, in 2021 at Ole Miss, Pearson had 26 catches for the entire season. Uh, will Jacquard Pearson have over or under four and a half catches this week? And you just kind of you kind of you're given X amount of like playing. Uh, they're called like footballs. Um, but you're, that's your kind of like starting wage. Uh, you're you're like say, your oh, currency almost, right? Yes. You're just like, ah, oh, I'm a little bit confident in this pick. Uh, but it's really cool. It's just a really fun way to kind of engage a little bit more with these games rather than mm-hmm. just watching some more extra XFL. Um, but we have our own league. It's called XFL Weekly. Uh, I'll put all the information in the description so you can find it all a little bit easier. Um, but there's a really funky code. I, I would say it out loud, but it's a bunch of letters and numbers um, that don't really type out anything. Um, <laughs> but that'll this will all be in the description. Join our league. Compete against us. Compete against the community. Uh, it's going to be really cool. Um, week one, I, I beat Zach by like a pick, uh, maybe just like 40 footballs. Um, but it's really cool. And then at the end, you can make a parlay of like the picks that you made. Uh, it's pretty dope. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a pretty cool thing to look like to pull up. Like, I guess you'll do it uh, before the Thursday night game. You look at your phone. You're just like, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Just have fun with it. You're not losing anything. Um, right. But yeah, all that information be in the description wherever you're watching or listening to this. Uh, and join us. Absolutely. Can't wait. So that'll be that's it for week two preview week one roundup. Uh, and we are XFL weekly. Find us anywhere. XFL weekly. Um, if it's Instagram or Twitter, it's XFL underscore weekly. Um, thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to rate, like, subscribe, all the really cool, fun stuff that these content creators ask you to do. Uh, we're also <laughs> asking you. Um, it really helps us, uh, and it's lovely to see. So thank you again for tuning in, uh, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>